Hey there, friends of Holy Shenanigans Podcast. I'm thrilled to share that I'll be recording live from the Wild Goose Festival this July 11 through 14. Wild Goose Festival is a transformational community grounded in faith-inspired social justice. It's a one-of-a-kind gathering that brings together activists, artists, and seekers from all walks of life to explore justice and art, spirituality, and community. The festival will take place at Van Hoy Farms in Union Grove, North Carolina, and I'd love for you to join me there. From engaging workshops to inspired panels and interactive experiences, Wild Goose has something for everyone. So mark your calendars and let's be part of this incredible community that is committed to making a positive impact in the world. For more information, visit www. WildGooseFestival.org. As one of my followers, use a discount code A-TLE24. That's A-TLE24. And you'll get $50 off the price of an adult weekend ticket. We will see you there at the Wild Goose Festival to connect, to build community, and to work for social justice. Welcome to Holy Shenanigans. I'm your muse, Tara Lamont Eastman, a poet, a pastor, and a podcaster. The long-awaited season of Easter is here, and while it's time for celebration and new life, I think it's also time to live into the questions we have about life. Do you have some questions? So do I. Join me for some space of pondering in episode 85 of Holy Shenanigans podcast, live into the questions. When I walked into the office of Empire State College, I was nervous and full of questions. What should I study? What will my program cost? Who will be my advisor? Will I be able to go to college, work, and raise a family? Or is this a fool's errand? Thankfully, when I walked into my advisor-to-be's office, she welcomed my questions. Peggy not only was a source of wisdom in the practical questions I had, she also encouraged me to stoke the fires of my own curiosity, and she helped me determine a degree program that fit my questioning mind, independent studies with a focus on writing and a minor in psychology. Before walking into her office, I had no concept that independent study was even a possibility, but she quoted Rilke to me, who I did not yet know, and said, I think a program in independent study will give you the space you need to live into your questions and the guide rails you need to not get overwhelmed by all you want to learn. Space and guide rails? Yes, indeed, this was the recipe I needed, not only in my college education, but in all parts of my life. Do you think that space and guide rails could be helpful to you, too? The scripture reading for the second Sunday of Easter is what is often called the Doubting Thomas text, but that is not the way I look at it. Are you curious as to why? For the many years I served as a layperson in church ministries, the preaching for Thomas Sunday often fell to me as a lay preacher, seminarian, and vicar. 
because the week following Easter was historically a holiday week for the ordained clergy. This Thomas Sunday was their week off, and so the Thomas text was mine to ponder and to preach on. This story is mystical, and it involves Jesus coming to see the disciples in the upper room following his resurrection. And Thomas, who was not present at this dramatic visit, tells the other disciples in short, I need to see Jesus to believe it's Jesus. This is where Thomas gets the name of doubter in some circles. But as the standing preacher for the second Sunday of Easter, I disagree. I think Thomas was looking for more information. I think Thomas had, like me, lots of questions. I think Thomas was something like a blend of Rilke and Sherlock Holmes. Thomas was the live into the questions investigator. Also, an important point of context in the Gospel of John that helps us see Thomas differently is that this Gospel's focus is to ask the question time and time again, who is Jesus? Think back into the story of Easter Sunday. After Jesus' death, Mary Magdalene is the first of his followers to see him at the empty tomb and goes back to the disciples to deliver the news of his resurrection. Mary believes that Jesus is risen, but the others she tells doubt it. Later that day, Jesus appears to the disciples assembled in a locked room. Jesus blesses them with peace and the gift of the Holy Spirit. After seeing Jesus, who believes? The disciples believe. These disciples go to tell Thomas that they have seen the risen Christ, but then Thomas refuses to believe them. When you hear the whole scope of this story, this question of Thomas is not that unusual. Thomas is like Mary before seeing Jesus. Thomas is like the other disciples before seeing Jesus. Thomas is just a little later in the timeline of living into his questions. Thomas also wants to see Jesus. He needs to be sure that this is the same Jesus that he'd been taught by, who he followed, and who he saw die. Thomas needed to see Jesus. Thomas, just like Mary and the other disciples, and many others in John's gospel, needed to see Jesus and live into the question, who is Jesus? The timeline of our lives impacts the questions we ask, doesn't it? The question of who is Jesus is one that I will be asking questions about my whole life. And thankfully, in the story of Thomas and Jesus, who comes to show him his hands and feet, this Jesus who extends peace to Thomas, this Jesus makes me think that having questions is okay with him. And if you have questions about Jesus, I would say it's okay to live into them for you, too. So on this Thomas Sunday, I want to offer you space to ask your questions as well as a guide rail of peace to help keep you from being overwhelmed. Remember how my college advisor helped me find a course of study that offered needed space as well as guide rails to keep me on the road of higher education? When it comes to spiritual needs, it can be tempting to try to silence our big questions, but silence does not give any room for questions, does it? Earlier this week, I came across the book, The Road Less Traveled by M. Scott Peck. In this book, he teaches about growth and the winding road to spiritual maturity. And thankfully, Peck invites the reader into the calling of asking questions. 
specifically about the definition of love. So Peck's definition of love is one that I am still pondering on, but I want to share with you in light of the conversation about Thomas the Investigator and Jesus. Peck says, I define love thus, the will to extend oneself for the purpose of nurturing one's own or another's spiritual growth. Peck says, to extend oneself to nurture one's own or another's spiritual growth. This is love. Peck's definition of love to extend oneself to nurture one or another's spiritual growth is a lot like my college advisor's pledge to give me room to grow and the guide rails to keep moving. Even in my ignorance, my unknowing, my oh, I have so much to learn-ness, Peggy, my professor, extended peace to my wandering soul and taught me to never succumb to spiritual silence. Peggy showed me that I could ask questions and trust in time that when I was ready to take it in, the answers would come. Peggy and my season at Empire State College gave me a season of unforeseen growth that I can only define, as you guessed it, holy shenanigans. This week, I don't so much have a specific question to ask you, but an exhortation to allow yourself space for your own independent study. I invite you to live into the questions, like Thomas, like Peggy, and like me. One answer I will provide is how the words of Rilke came into my life. They came to me by way of Peggy, my college advisor and writing professor, in a book she assigned to me that very first semester, Letters to a Young Poet by Rainer Maria Rilke. And so I extend my gratitude to Peggy for giving me room to grow and guide rails to keep me moving. Thank you to Thomas the Investigator, Live Into the Questions, because you ask the questions. Thank you to Jesus for giving us peace to live into our questions, even when our questions are about you. Thank you to the poet Rilke. Rilke was an Austrian poet and novelist. He is widely recognized as one of the most lyrically intense German language poets. He wrote both verse and highly lyrical prose. Several critics have described Rilke's work as mystical. Mystical? I agree. This poet who gives us this week's prose is taken from that very book I read that first semester, where I was invited to truly live into my questions and keep moving forward. From Letters to a Young Poet Be patient towards all that is unsolved in your heart and try to love the questions themselves like locked rooms and like books that are now written in a very foreign tongue. Do not now seek the answers, which cannot be given you because you would not be able to live them. And the point is to live everything. Live the questions now. Perhaps you will then gradually, without noticing it, live along some distant day into the answer. I am your Holy Shenanigans Muse. 
Tara Lamont Eastman. Thank you for joining us this week for holy shenanigans that surprise, encourage, redirect, and turn life upside down, all in the name of love. This is an unpredictable spiritual adventure that is always sacred, but never stuffy. Thanks to Ian Eastman for sound editing. May we, and all of us, continue each day to live into our questions.